never worried that you might be the cool kid You wear the latest fashions on top of all the trends Or have you ever worried you were too much in the mainstream Always so generic, more normal than your friends Well we've devised a test to put to rest your fears There's no need to panic if you lend us your ears Tonight you can't sleep easy after all that you've heard Cause if you like the show then you're probably a nerd And hello, everybody. Welcome to the It's Canon Podcast, your everything geek podcast. We talk about movies, uh, we talk about TV, we talk about video games, we talk about comic books, we talk about everything uh, Star Wars, my goodness. Everything geeky. I'm your host this week, and my name's Phil, and joining me is Tyler. I swear to God, this is like our 17th time trying to do this, and no matter what goes wrong, this is the episode we're posting. I don't even care anymore. <laughs> well, hopefully my mic doesn't fade me out. <laughs> yeah, previous, previous problems included Phil's mic randomly, like, muting him or making him quiet, and could he get quieter and quieter as he talked? And it would be like this, and it sounded like he's moving further and further away from the mic. <laughs> and then suddenly he'd be like, what do you think, Tyler? And I'd be like, wait, what? And he'd be like, Tyler, Tyler. And God, it's just been a thing. Yeah. It, um, we've had everything. Gremlins. Everything you can imagine this week. So hopefully, knock on wood, we get through this for you guys. Because we know that we missed an episode. It was the Labor Day long weekend. We decided that we were going to enjoy it as much as we could. And, uh... It was nice to have that extra day. Now we are back up. Uh, Sans Boris, but you know what? He is out there doing good work in the world, and we hope to have him back soon. Um, let's talk about, I guess we'll open up this week with movies. Well. And Wonder Woman 1984 has announced that it has pushed again to a December 25th release, I believe. Or, you know, basically a Christmas release. Surprised Pikachu face. <laughs> I know. What, what, what are your thoughts on this, Tyler? What, <laughs> what could be, I know this feels like Groundhog Day, but what could be the reason for this drastic, unforeseen move? Look, I, 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 it's like as much as Warner Brothers is like, oh no, Tenet and Mulan's releases have not influenced us at all. You know, you look at the current release numbers, and Tenet made twenty million dollars opening weekend, as reported elsewhere. Ten, they're projecting ten million dollars for this weekend. That's that's a really low number for a Christopher Nolan blockbuster movie. Uh, yep. Mulan, Disney's not releasing their internal numbers. But Mulan's international uh, international box office, that's where I'm after, was reporting $37 million, And Disney's saying that's, like, a huge success. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I think we're all kind of like, all right, so Disney's, Disney has their own way of weighting this. And, you know, they're dealing with a variety of political pieces of fallout from it. 
that's that's the decision they've made. We're not going to go into that one. <laughs> but it's it is what it is, right? There's there's obviously it's COVID. Obviously, it's a concern about not making any money off this. None of these movies are doing well. It's it's TV is where stuff is right now. TV and video games and anything you can do at home. You don't have to brave the moist theaters that we keep saying you maybe shouldn't brave. I don't know. Yeah. What, what do you think, Phil? Hey, you know what? The economics of everything. These movies were made with the original design of big theatrical releases. Um, we could put uh, uh, the new one from Disney as well into that, Black Widow. Right? That one, I don't even think we have a date on. So obviously, like... Disney are taking the piss a little bit on one level because they are protecting some of their bigger uh, releases that way, and they're they're testing the waters with things like Mulan and whatnot. So good on them for for having control over their environments. I think Mulan at any at its best, you know that that movie doesn't have any songs or music uh you know musicality in it so it's not really chasing down the people who watch the cartoon as much as it is trying to get into like you mentioned some maybe some controversial markets or just basically make any money that they can so maybe 37 million dollars is fine for them on that but they're not going to take the risk on these bigger properties Warner Brothers is following suit um, I'm surprised Tenet released the way it did, but I think Tenet did that so that it can get on a distribution schedule for Christmas in terms of Blu-ray That's or uh, release. Because honestly, if you're not releasing now, your con- your contractual binding is is basically a three month um, schedule or window to get that out. So you know maybe maybe they make the money back in homes. You know, and and get that get to that, you know, break even point, or or beyond. It, it's a tough market though, because you know, unfortunately, the other side of it in thinking about this is that does movie production going forward, and I don't think long term. Obviously, long term, the goal is that we need to get back into theaters. But as we discussed previously, I know not really on the show. But you and I have discussed it. You know, there there is a a time frame where life returns to normal, and it's not going to be any time in the immediate future. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Well, one doctor I was reading said that even after we get, let's say, let's say, we are able to find a vaccine and somehow deal with all, like, we afford that everyone who needs it can get it. We have it like perfectly out there and rolling out. Assuming nothing else goes wrong, there's no other problems, it's still one year from that vaccine getting out towards when movie theaters can be open the way they were again. Just because that's how long it takes to make sure that vaccine is, is, is hitting people, that's how long yeah. it takes to ensure that no one's going to get sick, there's going to be no further waves, it's just... There's there's obviously a lot with the virus, I know we're not here to talk about it, but you know, it could mutate, it could... Uh, just even generating and distribution of a of a vaccine. Okay, you might have it this year, but the production, the complications of it, the effectiveness of it, all these things are up in the air. And I agree, it's going to be a while. But my thought process is this: Does that change the production value of movies? I mean, maybe. Right. I I, I think that. I think that you've had. 
movie theaters uh, fighting for a long time for how do we value add to going to a theater versus watching it at home, right? Mm-hmm. And and numbers have remained good, but I think that you know, and I don't have as hard of data as I'd like behind this, but anecdotally, I've heard that you know food. Uh, purchases for theaters is going way down and that's really where they make their money a lot of those contracts they have regarding seeing the film the theater doesn't make as much money off of that versus having you as a captive audience for their food production so I don't even know I don't I don't I honestly don't know how movie theaters survive this to be a little doom and gloom I agree Um, I know we've ranted about it before it just seems crazy to me that other options weren't explored but such is life maybe there are other legal or or insurance issues preventing more drive-in type environments but you know we're heading into the winter now so that that doesn't become feasible you know nobody wants to sit in their car for two hours when you could just sit at home in your heated home (laughs) and watch your movie and have a nice cup of cocoa right yeah Um, 100% yeah, and I guess going into movie production and expanding in the movie realm, we had the news break a while ago that the Batman, Robert Pattinson, came down with the COVID, and they had to suspend the production, but we're hearing that it's starting back up maybe this week. Yeah, and, maybe um, next week at the, at the latest. Yeah, so good on Robert Pattinson to uh, recover from the COVID-19, um, you know, healthy guy. Mm-hmm. And how much uh, of that is, are they, like, how much of it is they're juggling production to maybe not do some of the shots? Like, do some of the production mm-hmm. you can do without without him. Maybe you have yeah. to stunt double in for a bunch of scenes. Maybe you do a bunch of the fight scenes that Pattinson maybe wasn't in as much. You plan to come in and do the close-ups later. Uh, mm-hmm. I was actually reading for another news thing I'm involved with that television companies have basically had to add an average of 10% to their budgets across the board just to deal with the myriad things that come from COVID. Whether wow. it's testing, whether it's extra security, whether it's extra cleaning, all the way up to contingency planning, extra insurance, and, you know all these other concerns as much as television production can seem like it's got a bunch of money behind it you know it, it, it's not like they have a lot of it's not like there's a lot of fat to be trimmed from those budgets a lot of the time no no and and you know what if you watch the disney gallery on uh, disney plus where they cover the behind the scenes mm-hmm. challenges of the mandalorian it's clear to me that even on these perceived big budget shows this this whole idea of of filming and budgets and whatnot is very tightly monitored in comparison to the impressions that we all get where we go oh it's disney it's all kinds of money and blah 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 no they're 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 creating that volume and spending their money on that production environment because it's all that they could do because they couldn't afford to fly around to all these different sites and the technology was viable, and it basically is landmark in terms of television production. And I'm sure you're going to see Warner Brothers and everybody else try to mimic it, and they probably will successfully, maybe even enhance upon it. Um, I think that that 
that possibly is a big game changer for t- television and movies in in terms of reining in budgets, locations, especially during pandemics and epidemics, right? Like we're we're into uh, this whole very mindful space for production companies for their assets, uh, their actors and the support people that have to work around them, right? So the I think that it's it's going to be fascinating to see how those budgets respond. Maybe television gets more of a focus than movies for some of these production companies. Maybe they start transitioning almost like an Obi-Wan Kenobi was intended to be a movie. And they just saw the gravity that The Mandalorian got, the excitement that surrounded it as a show. And the decision, you know, I think the right decision was to adapt it into a, a television type premise, right? Like a, 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 a weekly episode that you can really get in, explore, and when the series is done, it's done. Yeah, I'm. I'm really curious. I, I do want to delve into that. Well, people not, not in front of the camera side of things. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's worth noting that they were already, by and large, having a rough go of it. Um, one of the one of the parts of the rise of Netflix and stuff that doesn't get talked about as much is. Netflix production and not having to worry as much about, like, the big television schedule. Because, uh, uh, you know, managing your server space is still a complex, intricate task. But it's not nearly as limiting as it was versus, you know, you only have one 4 p.m. slot on Thursday. <laughs> so y- 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 you really had to limit in the times of your what you were releasing where and when. Yeah. And the result has been that Netflix, instead of bringing on camera people and script writers and all those other people on, like, more permanent positions, a lot of them have been pushed into contract positions. Which, in turn, you know, that hurts your benefits, that hurts their bottom line take-home. And then the other side of it is a bunch of these companies are talking about, like, oh, yeah, part of our production schedule is going to be just, you know, we have 14 days of filming. We're going to do a condensed filming schedule that's going to be a nightmare for everyone involved because the other side of it is we're all going to lock ourselves out in this, like, studio. No one gets to see their family. No one gets to go home because that's how we're going to make sure that everyone's safe. Yeah, the bubble. Yeah, we're into the NBA-style bubble. And that's what you're gonna have to deal with, and and that's brutal. For if you're, you know, if you're a film, if you're a camera person or a scriptwriter or any of the other myriad people who who go into making television shows and movies, like that's rough. All of a sudden, it's like you have to give up mm-hmm. even more. And- Just to, it's a passion project, right? Because I don't think those people. I think it's easy for general audiences to romanticize the 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 craft Mm -hmm. and to just think oh well you know as the nba for example Mm -hmm. well those guys get paid millions Mm -hmm. so they're gonna have to tough it out for three months in the bubble and you'll you'll sit there and you go robert patterson he makes millions he's gonna have to tough it out but we have to remember that the people like you pointed out the people who are supporting it and really make that like what the actors and actresses do shine are getting paid a weekly wage or a monthly wage you know what i mean like they're 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 middle class and 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 they're getting 
Yeah, and they're getting hacked down, yeah. right? As you're pointing out, like it's not a good situation for them. They're real people with real lives, and to basically, and they have the regular challenges of real people with real lives: single mothers, single parenting, mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff. And now you're just telling them, "Well, if you want this job, yeah. you know, not only are we going to cut the legs out from under you, but we're also going to tell you you're going to have to find someone to sit for your kid for the next two weeks while we do this condensed shooting schedule." Yeah, it's not really fair to those people. So, yeah, and, if and, you're, and you got to be looking for the next gig. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's, you know, it's, it's and I know in the Toronto area where we are based, the GTA, there are a lot of production companies. So I know we're speaking to people who are living this challenging environment day to day. And um, yeah, it, it it's an important part of pandemic lockdown right now is being able to turn on that TV and have new content like Lovecraft County or country and, yeah. and, and all this different type of stuff that we're, you know, going through at exorbitant rates. Yeah. Pure, more people are watching television than I think at almost any time in the past and at higher numbers. I, yeah, I, I think that, I, I think that, I, do, I think that I'm going to speak a little bit without us having coordinated this in advance, but I think that we'd love to have someone on uh, who, who can talk about that side of things and, and how they're dealing with this and, and, you know, what comes next for them. Because... Yeah. I can't, I can't imagine. Like, I do some writing and freelance stuff, and it's it's a bit of a nightmare out there right now. Not to mention, like, the number of companies who... I don't know how many of them are going to be like, oh, yeah, we can't pay you this month. Just, we can't. You know, the mm-hmm. money, money is not coming in because of COVID stuff. And you're like, well, cool. Now what? <laughs> yeah, like, how am I going to pay my rent? Or how am I going to pay my mortgage, right? It's, yeah. it, it's real challenge. I would love to have the same opportunity, right? It would be great if somebody out there knows somebody or is a listener who, who is involved in that end of the industry. We'd love to talk with you, have you on the show, and discuss You know what we're allowed to discuss. Obviously, not everything's on the table for people mm-hmm. in those positions, but I would love to get an inside view as far as um, how that industry is working and and you know, paint a more accurate picture for ourselves and for the audience. Well, and who is doing, who's doing good? Like who, like, I, I always think that's really important to give shout outs and support to the companies that are doing good. Mm-hmm. Honestly, you know, it, it, it's, it'd be pretty easy to be a shitty company. Yeah. Well, the other side being, you know, if, if you give shout outs to the companies that do good things, and it doesn't fix everything, but it, it, it encourages that behavior to continue, right? You're like, well, here's the yep. free marketing you want for not being monsters. Yeah. I'll give it to you. Here's your cookie for not being absolute monsters. <laughs> yep, exactly. Um, I guess uh, something else I, I know that we had discussed, um, and I think it, it's, it's worth bringing up in this context as we're talking about the the activities that people are going through during this pandemic uh, apparently there's a um now this isn't really too geek related but it is um there's there's going to be a big focus on outdoor sports during the winter and whatnot just for people to be able to break those molds and i just wanted to highlight certain industries um especially board games are seeing a, a huge expansion and growth bananas uh, yeah, and you know, I, I think that that's caught that industry off guard in a good way, right? Um, puzzles, 
uh, Lego I brought up. I'm building Lego, and I'm just looking at the trends on Lego's uh, sales, and it seems like sets are selling out more and more quickly on new releases now that you know Lego get them back on in stock pretty pretty free, pr- pretty well so it's not a, a problem but it, it is really showing how some people are moving away from the television because we're so reliant on it for for all of that and we need those breaks to go and and do something that's not TV related well and I want right? I have two interesting little relatively breaking news pieces on that. Uh, the first one's about Lego, actually. I'm not sure if you heard this, but Ikea and Lego have announced they are going to work together and they are releasing Lego-compatible Ikea furniture. Wow. Um, and I mean, it, a lot of it's targeted towards kids, mm-hmm. obviously. Uh, but it's fascinating. They're going to have, like, you know, you can get your Ikea desk and it'll have, like, a little section at the top with the, with the Lego studs so, you know, if you want to build yourself a shelf out of Lego... That's brilliant. Yeah, I think that... And I mean, two, two Nordic companies uh, who have very similar production ethos and models mm-hmm. makes for uh, a very, very compelling approach to it, I think. Yeah, well, as well, Lego have announced this week that they're doing a, a partnership with Levi's. And they're integrating Lego, uh, like, what they're doing is they're bringing forth this new product called Lego studs or something like that. And it's basically just little colored round pieces. They're doing artwork. You can build, like, Star Wars ones. You can build uh, the the Beatles. Like, all these little pointal list um, uh, uh, portraits of these people. And then if you buy four of them, you can make this really big Darth Vader, or you can make this really big Iron Man blasting something out of his hand. Um, they're taking that idea. They're putting boards, integrating boards into Levi's clothing and giving you the little pieces so that you can make your own designs and fashion accessorize with that. Now, obviously I think that's more so aimed at kids, but apparently there's, you know, the thought process is that it could extend into adults or maybe will. I, I didn't dig too deep into that stuff because it's not really my taste. But I do find it interesting how Lego is getting very creative with their partnerships. Mm-hmm. And they're really... I, sometimes I worry about the over-diversification, but I guess with these partnerships it's shouldering a little bit on the other side too, right? You're, you're, you're not fully exposed as Lego maybe were in the past because that company nearly went bankrupt, uh, you know, and if it wasn't for the revitalization in certain properties and licensing agreements, we might not have Lego today. So good on them for turning that around, but it, it's fascinating. I love the idea of this partnership with IKEA, in, in terms of, you know, exactly like you say, the synergies seem to be there. Since the adults are already building Lego with the IKEA furniture as it is, <laughs> hey, why not put some Lego pieces in there? Oh, exactly. Uh, the other cool bit of news is famed board game that's been out of print for I think at least twenty years. Uh, Hero Quest, first released in mm. nineteen eighty nine through a partnership between Games Workshop and Milton Bradley. Uh, it turns wow. out Avalon Hill, a subsidiary of Hasbro, has a little website up 
that says Hero Quest, the quest is calling, and then a countdown. At the time of recording, it has 8 days, 21 hours, and 59 minutes as of the time we'd be saying this until big news comes, and it looks like Hero Quest, uh, the famed board game, is getting another edition. Uh, That's great. Yeah. It's, it's worth noting that I think... I think original printings of HeroQuest go for, like, hundreds of dollars on eBay. Wow. But, well, you know, that's great. Um, oh, yeah. Here it is. HeroQuest. The 100% complete some damage is $400 Canadian. Wow. Just getting, Amazing. getting parts or incomplete stuff is still, like, $50 to $100. So, this is gotta have a lot of people very excited as well um i'm gonna bring up on a tangent here i i'm constantly amazed at the revital revitalization of dungeons and dragons this is Mm pre-pandemic every like that i was shocked in seeing the type of communities that were out there it easily migrates onto online play Mm -hmm. so during this pandemic, that's happening. But there's been a bunch of stuff that I've seen that was basically conceptualized as a joke, and now it's coming to fruition. I think I saw Borderlands is bringing forth an entire D&D aspect yep. of itself. Oh, yeah. A bunch and, of games. Uh, a Carnival Row released an RPG. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, So, shout right. out to, to that genre and fan base. Mm-hmm. Because that, that I don't know, maybe when I was growing up as a kid, it just seemed like D&D was a, a viewed as an evil thing by my parents and all this. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, 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 there was a history there. Some of my brothers were playing it. There was tension in the family. It, was, it, it got to the point personally where I had these copies, and I still do, of uh, J.R. Tolkien's uh, Lord of the Rings. And obviously the three books. And I used to have to hide them. Oh, yeah. It was like having, like, you'd want to be caught with porn before you got caught with a medieval fantasy novel. And I still have those original copies. They were, like, printed on Bible paper. Yeah. They're they're paper thin. Oh, yeah. Those, those, like, very low paperweights. Yeah. It was to shrink the size of the book, obviously. But it... um, I really, they were made in the 70s, and I held on to those like a little bastard because, you know, I hid them under my bed and all the places that you hide stuff when you're a kid. <laughs> you hope your parents won't check, and it's probably the first place they go. Oh, yeah. But <clears throat> that it's it's fascinating to me because I, I actually went out and I purchased the, the newest editions of Dungeons & Dragons. What? Yeah, well, I know you can get it online. No, yeah. No, no but... but I'm going to send you some stuff then. Yeah, I, I actually went out and purchased it because I wanted to make sure I support the company. Oh, no, I'm saying I have I have written some things for 5e that have been published. Uh, oh, wow. I'm going to send you some freebies. That's what I'm saying. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. That, that's great. I, I, I've been... I, 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 it was intimidating. I was still working through it when this pandemic came out because I was set to join a group. And all that kind of stuff, and I haven't moved forward with it, but it's something that I would really like to get into. I think that it would be a good hobby. Oh, it's yeah, tons of fun. Yeah. So yeah, it's um, 
it's great, and I'm really excited to see what's happening in the world uh, uh, for creativity, creativity and expression in this pandemic environment. So, uh, moving on, I'm going to bring up a, uh, I guess my next news hit item would be the announcement that Microsoft made this week. They kind of had a leaker go out and it all looks highly suspicious, but I had a guy go out and basically say the Xbox S is coming and he had a picture of it. It looks like a washing machine. Um, which I think is hilarious that that's the meme that's going on right now, but he he basically said that it's coming out, and then Microsoft basically said, yeah, well, the cat's out of the bag. All right, so they tweeted a little picture of a heart and a lock open, uh, basically confirming Lockhart is real, which is the Xbox One S. Or, sorry, not One, the Xbox S, Series S. Yeah. So not to be confused with the Xbox One S, which actually exists. Already. Yes, so they're sticking with that convention. I found that a little bit confusing. But and sure enough, Microsoft, you know, charged forward and basically, you know, started uh, finally cast the stone, and they announced the one X price point that's going to be four ninety nine, and the one and the Xbox S price point at two ninety nine, which is an absolute massively strategic move in the price point options because. I know that there's going to be a lot of people shopping around this Christmas. And even though Microsoft don't have any titles really releasing, there's going to be a lot of backwards compatibility in terms of catch up from other pieces of software. Like we brought up Borderlands is, you know, Borderlands three is going to convert over to next gen for free. Control. Uh, same thing. Yep. Control. Um, some, some companies are being a bit dipshitty about it. Because they're they're making sure that you basically purchase the ultimate editions instead of rewarding day one gamers yeah. with the upgrade. But regardless, um, we're gonna see you know a lot of people out there and just go two ninety nine. I'm gonna buy that for my kid, right? Mm-hmm. It's a great price point. I don't know that it's going to be a very straightforward environment that they're creating with these different consoles. Uh, the S apparently is is you know half the resolution, um, not compatible with X specific games, so there's going to be a lot of parental confusion on that front. Speculation is well, we know Sony have confirmed that they're going to have an event this week uh, to probably talk a little bit about what their product is and maybe what the price point is because it's to that point, right? They have to come out with something soon. So I want all of our listeners to remain tuned because I think after that, we may have a special episode dropping a little bit later uh, on Thursday, um, depending on when all of this goes down on Wednesday afternoon slash evening. Yeah, it looks like it's getting into the evening. Yeah, so you can you can bet that Boris and everybody's uh, ears will be perked and we will be talking about it. Um what are your thoughts on this whole development, on this price point, on this price war, on Nintendo? And they've confirmed, well, they haven't confirmed, but it's pretty much confirmed by developers that they have been asked by Nintendo to be creating 4K versions of their games going forward. Yeah, I, I mean, I think this is kind of obvious, and this is 
kind of obvious that this was coming. No one was really super surprised. I think we're all really happy with that price point, and it sounds like Sony's being pushed down the price with it. But again, that's what we want. That's that's why. That's why we capitalism. That's why we free market. Um, yeah. And yeah, you know, there's that. There's a couple of companies also making stands that video games shouldn't be going up in price again. Uh, there was an announcement that most video games, AAA titles, are going to be up 10 bucks. And then all of a sudden, uh, CD Projekt Red goes, "No, we're not. We're not doing that." And a couple other companies have also, you know, said like, "Is that we just raised prices not that long ago?" And I'm all for inflation, and and I get it. And a lot of these games cost a lot to make. But the other side is, you know, the other side is how do you how do you keep being able to buy it if our if our money we have to spend isn't going up, right? Wages are largely stagnant. So choices have to be made. Yeah, I know I know that in that realm, you know, two K decided to come out and say, We're putting our games up ten bucks. Yeah. And other other companies are basically holding back. But it's also worth noting that the other companies that are holding back, you know, uh, the holding the prices at the same, like Ubisoft and whatnot. Are basically retreading titles, yeah, for the new generation. So it's kind of like, well, we charged you sixty nine before, and we're going to charge you sixty nine again. Um, it, wait, there's a lot of weird stuff going on with this. I'm, I'm, I love the backwards compatibility idea that Xbox is touting, and I really became clear to me how brilliant this strategy is this week. I know we bag on them a lot on this show, but the whole xbox game pass and being able to play it on multiple devices and streaming games and the whole kind of package just seeing it in context with the price points of the machines this week just hit home to me uh man this is actually really outside the curve thinking like this is this is shaking up the video game industry in a good way because consumers are going to win because the price point is is already attractive. I know you subscribe to Game Pass. Yeah, I do as well. Price point's attractive for what you get. You don't really feel compelled to brush out and buy games. I mean, I was I've been thrilled that I have the new Wasteland game, which I've enjoyed quite a bit. The new Crusader Kings game, which is honestly I'm not loving it as much, but I'm super thrilled to have not had to buy it to find out. Exactly. I didn't need this. Not to mention, like, I get to go play the old Halo games again. There's a bunch of options. I, I think it's also worth looking onto the PC side of things. Yep. Where we also had NVIDIA announce their new 3000 line of graphics cards. Uh, yep. Which are bananas powerful, but the prices are a little bit higher than expected. And then, not to be outdone, AMD, the other big name in graphics cards... Uh, announced they're making mo- they're ma- making mountain bikes now. Yeah, I thought that that was an interesting counter move. I'm like, yeah. well, orange tires on a mountain bike. Yeah. So, uh, to to circle back on that Nvidia news and announcement, I I thought the price points were rather great. To be honest, I was kind of floored that you can get in at the levels that you know. Obviously, it's not the greatest and the best and 8K compatible, but I mean, for most consumers to be able to essentially get into this graphics card that's just going to absolutely smash 
the the world from all the benchmarks that we're seeing. Uh, to be able to get into that in a sub $1,000 environment it, and be competitive with the consoles is absolutely mind-blowing because that makes the PC a real alternative to people who don't want to jump into the war of consoles. My concern, and my little bit of pushback, is for several of those video cards, it's not just the video card, though. Uh, it marks a moment where a lot of people are going to have to upgrade their power supplies as well. Uh, that's a good point. Uh, they, they, they pull more power than a lot of the previous ones, and it's, it's a reality of, of computer parts, and I'm not, you know, begrudging them that. I'm not begrudging them physics. <laughs> my, my concern is that, you know, you, you buy a new video card, and then you're buying a new power supply. And then, depending where you're sitting at, you might be you might be like, well, I need new RAM, because otherwise it's not worth it at this point. Yeah. So, you know. And, and I, then you're like, I need a new monitor because this 4K is different. Yeah. You know, FPS, like uh, the, 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 you know, the display, I need to upgrade my display in order to get all the frames per second. Yeah. Like, I, I get it. That's why I, I bowed out of the PC war. Yeah. I was I was just constantly going to the trough every couple of years and dumping you know seemingly hundreds of dollars at a time and then you look back on it and you go holy shit I just spent a lot of money like yeah. and you're just going paycheck to paycheck going well I'm going to buy this this time and upgrade that because I think that that's what I need to do I just got tired of the rat race I bought a console yeah. boom oh, guess I, what I feel shit's got to work I feel you like I I I think that we're coming up on because the rate of upgrades for con for consoles, excuse me, for PCs is getting so fast that it's becoming tricky to stay on top of things. Yeah. Not to mention, like, every time you go mucking around, there is a chance you fuck something up. Well, just look at me today. I tried to get some recording software going, and man, I'm going to have to cleanse my PC, and it's brand new. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> just like oh man it sounds like a jet that's gonna take off again what the hell is going on here how come my mouse isn't moving it, it's it the the frustration level that rises within me it, it 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 comes on me very quickly and then my disdain for everything computers emerges <laughs> yeah. and i just go to you know what i don't have this problem when i turn on my xbox you know i can i can fire up an app, I can fire up a game, I can fire up a video, I can do whatever I want on it, and it just seems to work, right? Yep. Uh, that that's that's what old man Phil has decided to do. One hundred percent. I have a, a good friend of mine who is a lawyer, and he has the same approach, right? Of of we try we try to play PC games with him, and it, inevitably something goes wrong, and he just goes like, "This is why I don't play PC games." He's yeah. like, I know I'm missing out on stuff, but, like, I don't have to spend any time troubleshooting things. It just works. Yeah, there's there's this frustration level. Uh, I can't manage it anymore. Um, if if somebody wants to, to, to help me set something up and make it a process, like at work, you know what I mean? Like, you do something and you make it a process. I don't, I don't get that frustration level. I just go, okay, this is what I do. You know, and that's that's how it's done. And we vet it, and we make sure it all works, and and cross our fingers and hope every time we boot up that it works again. Yeah. Um, and that there's no major software updates. <laughs> um, 
and that that that's that's really a, a a point of convenience for me. So I know a lot of other people are like it. Your friend there mm-hmm. is doing it. It's it's a good place to be. I don't know. I I just like you know getting the big TV or doing whatever. Ah, I do have an update about Xbox Game Pass yeah. and about the streaming service. I was talking to a friend about it. Now, I have no idea if I'm allowed to talk about this because it is in beta. Sure. So I'm not going to get into the specifics because I think there's probably some NDA in there about the discussion. But I am giving, again, Microsoft good uh, vibes about this. I tried it out on a tablet. And wow, okay, that is a great experience. Now, this is where a friend of mine brought it up because I he I mentioned about doing it on the phone, which is a novelty. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as we discussed, there is a viable market for it. Yeah, I think in the tablet realm, it becomes a little more muddy in terms of it's great for everybody because now my friend is like, well, then I can go to the cottage where I have... This level of internet, I don't need to pack my monitor. I don't need to pack my Xbox One. I just need my cell phone and a tablet and a controller. Mm-hmm. And he's like, then I'm able to play my games and watch my content. And you know what I mean? Like, and I'm like, holy crap. That is, that is a really good point. So I put a case on my tablet. I fired that puppy up and I played some games. And I'm like, the experience is good experience is good and it's you know on it, it it's like a 10 inch tablet it's nothing groundbreaking mm-hmm. but it, it makes me think about microsoft or sorry apple this week kind of saying to fans we're sorry we realized we fucked up so we've we've excuse my french we've adjusted our terms of service for streaming and they haven't it looks the same yeah. it it's basically saying like I wish that they'd come out and say that they're they just don't want streaming on their platform. Because people need to know what's going on if they're going to buy an Apple product in the future. Because it's clear this is where Microsoft is leaning the world. And if people adopt it, it's going to and it looks like it works, it's going to be big. You know, it doesn't matter about a device anymore. It's a it's a service. Yeah. So Microsoft, or sorry, Apple are basically claiming that they want to be able to vet every single title that, that goes on it. I mean, that's, that's, that's the cover. Yeah, that's the cover. But they're, they're basically claiming right now that they're, they're working really hard to allow these companies to stream on their devices. However, they're putting these roadblocks in. Do you have any thoughts on that? I mean, what a surprise, right? Like, yeah. oh, I never would have expected this to have happened. <laughs> Just, it is what it is, right? We, we we did the whole rigmarole regarding Epic versus Apple, and I think this is just, you know, Apple trying to be like, oh, shoot, we might actually be in some trouble here. Uh-huh. Yeah, and they want, <clears throat> as well, they want to make sure that the service is purchased through Apple Store, and they get their 30% cut. Which is starting to get a little bit bananas, of like... Yeah. I don't know. I don't it, know. I mean, it's I think- straight up greed like i i really can't reconcile apple's decisions on this stuff it really endangers them to more legal action or more regulation yeah that is what it is i don't know if we want to do another regulation episode i I know right i think that we'll need to i think that i think that 
I think that we're looking at as we get closer to the American election is going to be when we next do a big policy and regulation episode, because I imagine there's a lot coming down the pipe. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's going to get muddy. Um, and to just quickly touch on it and update our, our listeners, Fortnite, the the saga continues. You know, the, the, apparently the, the, the epic CEO Sweeney came out and he basically started flapping about the fact that this is endangering Fortnite, this, this restriction. And there's been all kinds of, of you know, courtroom wrangling. As far as, you know, Epic are allowed to administer the Unreal Engine so that's not threatened by other developers who rely on their engine to distribute games on that platform. However, uh, Fortnite is not updating. So basically, the audience is dying that use Apple products. Mm -hmm. Now, I have a difficult time accepting the idea that, especially in North America... Other parts of the world, I know there are different challenges, but I don't think the adoption rate is as high on Apple products beyond maybe China. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't think there's a big uh, India audience for Apple products. I can't see that Apple products are dominating in those environments, but I can see that most people playing in in a mobile environment are also playing on some kind of console or computer. Mm-hmm. I just think there's there's mo- most households have multiple devices for kids to do things like that like i think billy with his iphone also has a switch and fortnite can be played on both yeah or whatever else like he's got there's a play in that environment right there there there's access Mm -hmm. so i i really have a difficult time watching this fight because you know the gamer in me wants to side with epic and say rah rah um the anti-corporate guy wants to boo on Apple, you know, as far as this meanness, but it's also Apple's house that they built. You also need freaking Tim Sweeney not to sick the fan base on Apple people. Like, that's... Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really dirty. I, I'm, I'm, uncomfort- I'm uncomfortable watching this fight. I just want it to be done and a decision to be made, whether it's going to be regulated, opened up, scalable, whatever the, the decision is, there's got to be some common sense because it's it's getting ugly to watch, mm-hmm. right, from from where we sit on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't think it's good for gaming. Like, honestly, I couldn't care less about Fortnite. But I think that there's so many people playing it that it's compelling. it's a compelling topic for gaming overall. Yeah, I think that... Yeah, we've talked about it, right? We've talked about that, how I think that, like, yeah. I want I want Epic to win this particular fight, but I still hate a bunch of other stuff Epic does. Yeah. So, I don't know. I hear ya. Don't know! Other news, the Dune trailer dropped. Yeah. I'm going all over the map. Ah. Dune trailer dropped. Did you watch it, Tyler? I have watched it now. We talked earlier this week, and I hadn't seen it yet. Oh my goodness. Uh, but I watched it. And my wife watched it, and my wife was like, this actually, what is this? Wait, what? Like, it was one of those, like, you put it on, and she was like, wait, what is this? Oh, this is good. Is this, like, a new fantasy movie or, like, a period mm-hmm. piece in other spaceships? What is happening here? And I yep. had to explain Dune, and explain that there are 34 Dune novels. 
Oh. If you count the stuff by his son. Yeah. And then Which I, we try not to count. Well, look, let's. You know, that's a separate discussion of what is and isn't canon. <laughs> and then we, I, we watched the 1989 version with Patrick Stewart and the rest of them, and it was a delight. Mmm. Wow. I. You know what? I watched it. I was. Oh, I was very happy to see the Dennis Villeneuve touch. Yeah. Right? That, that, that it had the epic feel of Blade Runner 2049, the same feeling that it brought me and brings me to this day. Oh, you mean just California right now? Yeah, just California. Yeah, yeah. Just San Francisco at night with the filters on. It, it you know, somebody cut a meme where they had the the fly through San Francisco or his camera was done in San Francisco and it looks and they put in the Blade Runner 2049 music and it's creepy um but i i like i like the direction this is going in i really liked how it seemed to be really compliant with the book mm-hmm. um i've only read the first book i mean so you know and i've heard it gets challenging from there on out Stuff happens. Yeah. So I know the first book rather intimately because I also grew up on that David Lynch kind of thing. Yeah. And as weird as it was, it's still, it's a big part of what Dune and the reboot is all about. You know what I mean? Like there are, there are decisions that are made. Um, it was fun seeing the worm. I was really, that, that take on the worm was very cool. Yeah. That was a nice surprise. Um, uh, you know, I, I've been watching whoever runs the Dune, the Dune Twitter mm-hmm. is a bit of an idiot. <laughs> but they've, they've just been teasing their crap out of this trailer mm-hmm. for so long. And they've gotten their dates. Like, obviously, the, the production company has moved things around. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> in, in doing that... There is a lot of tease. There's a lot of feedback from people. There better be a worm in this. Uh, it has to be a worm. So I'm glad that it hit on all those points. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. I don't know that it's actually going to launch in December like we discussed about I, one, I Wonder Woman. I think so. But I think there's just way too much money tied up in this, like just in the cast. Mm-hmm. It, it looks spectacular. There are, there are people that I barely even recognize that I know. <laughs> you know, I'm like, holy cow, I didn't expect them to look or sound or be that person in this universe. Yeah. And then I tumble it around in my mind and I go, holy cow, that's such a brilliant casting. Like it, it's a home run. So here's for hoping that it actually comes out in the theaters as promised. I know they're running the, um, the trailer in the theaters in front of tenant and other movies. So, I think that's an exciting place to be going to. Uh, I wanted to bring up real quickly about, I know that you haven't watched this, mm-hmm. Raised by Wolves. Yeah. It's I'm nice. looking forward to having a discussion about it. It's, I watched, I've watched all five episodes now. So they released another two episodes this week. Mm-hmm. At least on Crave TV here in Canada. Mm-hmm. And... I'm not going to give any spoilers away, but I find the theme is very, everything is very Ridley Scott in a good way. It's Ridley Scott without having to play as hard and fast to the corporate rules. 
that he usually gets you know you know like if you're doing a big movie like aliens or whatever maybe there's a boardroom not as much as back then but maybe now making decisions about what you can and can't do and it seems to be this is more about the creativity end of things what he wants to touch on so there's a lot of religion in it the androids are atheists. Mm. Then the uh, the people that are out there as as kind of like the frontier <clears throat> um, arc type ships are all in worship of Soul, which is the sun. Mm. And they all basically are adorned in such a way to look like Templars. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So they're wearing armor. They have different levels of their hierarchy different restrictions and different dedications to Saul in terms of all of that so there's a whole there's a whole part of that that's extremely exciting for the historical sci-fi end of things the combination of the two and also the big philosophical battle that goes on between the android atheism mm mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's interesting because these androids basically try to colonize this planet with uh, a certain amount of embryos. It turns out that in the first episode, so this isn't really a spoiler, this is more of a wetting of the appetite for people who haven't seen it yet. Um, It turns out that the android is a reprogrammed uh, uh, android that used to be a necromancer. And what these things can do is they fly, and the symmetry and symbolic flying nature of this thing is very similar to Jesus on the cross. Yeah. Where they have their arms out, their feet pointed down, and they take on this form, and when they look at you, you explode if you look back. Wow, very, very old Christian timey. Yes, it's hard to miss. It's bludgeoning. Mm -hmm. And this this necromancer is being reprogrammed to be uh, to bring up these children, so it's co- constantly tormented between the hostile and aggressive nature and the motherly programming that's in it to raise kids. Nice. So I I won't go any story beyond that because it gets pretty messed up pretty quick. Uh, it, it's definitely Ridley Scott. Yeah. Um. And it's fun to see something on TV that's challenging. It gave me nightmares. Okay. So, um, and that isn't hard to do. Walking Dead had done the same thing to me. Oh. But um, it was it was an interesting night to sleep after watching the first three. I am curious to see where this goes. I don't know that it's how well received it is yet. I I haven't really been tracking much buzz on it. Judging by my social feeds and whatnot, I'm not seeing people talk about it, which I find interesting. But I think there's a lot to dig into there. Yeah. Um, I sure do hope it's successful because I, I think that HBO are taking uh, uh, doing what HBO does, taking a chance on some of these things. And they're making a lot of great content, like we were talking about with Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country. Mm-hmm. And... You know, and there's all this pandemic stuff tying it all together. Yeah, it's um, it's an impressive, impressive place uh, to see what content is coming out. Now, I would have to assume this stuff was made long ago, 
But I have a real difficult time trying to figure out shooting schedules. Um, yeah, because like Pedro Pascal wasn't hired in The Mandalorian until what I thought The Mandalorian should be done shooting from everything that I heard about their production schedule. And, you know, seeing that he had two or three other stunt doubles <laughs> in the making of it. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, I just don't know how topical this stuff is or how maybe taboo it was now and it wasn't then with pandemics. It's fun to see. Yeah. The next thing up, I'm going to talk real quickly about some of the news that broke in Star Wars land. Apparently, Daisy Ridley was on a late night talk show and kind of revealed that here's the shock and awe Disney don't know what the fuck they're doing. Well, well, specifically the Star Wars team. Yes, specifically let's Lucasfilm. Not, let's, let's not, throw more it's not Disney. Yeah, because we know that Disney do a great job on their Marvel uh, franchises and and their kids stuff, which is obviously the crux of their existence. Yeah. However, oh with Star Wars, it it seems like it was just revealed through normal conversation that JJ was going back and forth on whose Ray's parents actually were. Apparently in, in The Force Awakens he had talked to Daisy and said that, well, we think you might be from a lineage of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Which really was something the fans were throwing around a lot at the time. I recall that. Yeah. Because the whole idea that he got with the Mandalorian princess they had a baby. There's heavily connotated as dating or having some kind of extramarital or uh, uh, intimate relationship in the Clone Wars cartoon. Yeah. And this child would be a child of Sabine from Rebels or, or something like that. Anyhow, there was some convoluted bloodline thing yeah. from previous Star Wars stuff, which we all love to do. Um, very Star Wars. Very Star Wars. And then, obviously, Ryan Johnson gets in there and he goes, ah, your parents are nobody. That's what he tells her. That's what they put on the film. That's, yep. you know, nothing wrong with that. Hey, it's a decision. And look, you know how much I love that specific decision. At mm -hmm. some point, you know, people let him do that is kind of my other side of that equation, right? Yeah. Because people are that like, how dare Ryan Johnson do that? And it's like, I, Kevin Feige reigns in the Marvel side. Being like, whoa, 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 you don't get to do anything. <laughs> you know, it, it, I mean, I think that this really speaks to J.J. loves his mystery box, and he's not actually good at delivering endings to anything. And he never has been. Yeah, that's definitely a pervasive argument. I, I After witnessing the rise of Skywalker, I would agree. Um, right? Now, I know that you and I are on opposite sides of The Last Jedi. I think I'm maybe coming around more to your side of it. I was never upset, though, about the idea that Ray was of nothing. I thought that it fit the story rather well. Yeah. That was a theme, you know, yeah. and, and, and it was a well-thought-out theme. I don't have a problem with that theme, and I don't have a problem with it overall. I know that there's a lot of fan stuff, and I think you've mm -hmm. probably had people in your store yep. talking about some of the stuff about anti-woman... Oh misogynistic oh type stuff. Oh. 
I really, honestly, I could care less if the if the protagonist is a man or a woman in in this. I could. I'm actually okay with Daisy Ridley. I'm okay with her being powerful. I'm okay with her coming from nothing. The outrage here is the idea that JJ comes in to close it out, not a strong suit, mm-hmm. and starts now messing with what Rianne had done in yeah. Last Jedi. Like, that was so blatantly obvious to me. Oh my god. Yeah, it was. You know, like the whole Luke with the lightsaber, and he goes, you know, don't be disrespectful. But you know what I mean? Like, there's comments made in that movie. That directly go against decisions that were made in the previous. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's never been good at, at playing with others, right? Like, you know... <sighs> Rian Johnson was basically given carte blanche to tear up the old script and do something new. And you can mm-hmm. say he did a bad job at it, but he was told he could do it. Yeah. And, and that's that's the problem. And then, you know, I, I, then then there was pushback. Which, I don't know how you wouldn't think they're... Like, I'm all for, like, let's not stick to stuff being the way it was just because. But, yeah. Yeah, it, it it's... Now it's revealed that, you know, basically Star Wars was being produced by the seat of the pants. And I know that there are people who are going to sit there and say, well, that's the way George Lucas did it. Despite everything that George Lucas always said, the the reality was is that George was... Was was making it up movie to movie, but George was creating it. It wasn't canon at that point. Yeah, I mean the other right? side of it also being like, yeah, but it wasn't people. It wasn't multiple people fighting, right? Mm-hmm. It was, you know, it, well, you weren't bringing in a different director and different writing team for each movie, and then they like loathed each other. Yeah, like how is that? You know, to me that's just comparing apples and oranges, right? Of like, well, and the other side being. You know, people always say, well, George Lucas did it by the seat of his pants, and it was great. And it's like, well, that just could have been luck. Like, yeah. it, it, just because one person can doesn't mean everyone can, and doesn't even mean you should, right? Like, It was lightning in a bottle. Yeah, the, num- you know? the number of people who I meet out there in writing and creative fields who will say stuff like, you know, this writer doesn't follow this one specific writing convention, so I'm not going to because I don't have to, and truly I'm as great as them. And it's like, all right, but, you know, that writer was insanely talented and insanely lucky. You know, there are people who are mm-hmm. like, well, I'm going to be a, I'm going to be the next J.K. Rowling and release these crazy successful books. And it's like, J.K. Rowling didn't know J.K. Rowling was going to be J.K. Rowling. Exactly. It's, it's kind of like patterning your life after the fact that, well, Bill Gates didn't go to university, so I don't need to. That's exactly right. That's the great right? way of putting it. And I'm like, well, it doesn't mean you're going to be successful. It means that you might be introducing more challenges into your ability to be employed or whatever the situation may be. It's just wanting to be that person doesn't mean that you can emulate that aspect of that person. You know, and that, that you know, l- luck happened for a lot of people. And George, I think, benefited from that that luck yep. and those decisions about marketing, everything like that. And now I, I think that Lucasfilm really is in this spiral because it, even if you look at the movies that they have made, mm-hmm. like there's a lot of controversy and conflict between between 
management and directors even like yeah. they're they're firing directors like crazy the lord miller stuff with 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 solo uh the the, the director of of rogue one apparently was mm-hmm. you know basically uh, uh had all power withdrawn during that film and and the constant conflict uh, Colin Trevorrow mm-hmm. all of that is is absolutely banana pants like we just keep on looking at each freaking Star Wars movie and go how much of a disaster is this going to be now yeah I mean, the, the counterpoint to the other counterpoint I think is worth bringing up is like yeah Lucas didn't plan anything Lucas also made the prequels like mm. and as much as people have warmed up to the prequels now try to watch those again because those have some terrible things in them oh yeah the, those those George Lucas should not be allowed to write dialogue. <laughs> right? I, 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 the, the second one there, the Clone Wars or the Battle of the Clones or whatever, that one, it, I have to fast forward. I think swaths of you that. You are the enemy. I am the enemy? No, that's from Star Wars. Oh, yeah. From, exactly. from my position, it is the Jedi who are evil. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. It's weak sauce, man. It's Annie. Which you get? I love you. Oh, my God. I, yeah, so much. I've never that. been so in love with you as... It's like, come on! Oh. Come on! Like, uh. I've seen so much dissection of this where they're like, well, the movie was originally intended to have no dialogue and be silent. It's mostly visual and all this. And all this reinterpretation of it and i'm like like look it's nostalgic right now there are there are people who watched that when they were 10 who are now 30 and are going back and going and warming up to the idea of what that release was yep and uh, it was exciting to set your clock and go i'm gonna see the next star wars movie just like we all did on the original trilogy and it's hilarious to watch. I know I see it in the Lego world. Mm-hmm. I see it with a lot of uh, kids right now who have YouTube channels who are very successful. Yeah. These guys have grown up on the prequels. Mm-hmm. And like the latest outrage is that the new Star Wars leaked Lego series, Lego, upcoming Lego sets, they don't have any prequel sets in them. And they're all complaining that they're all original trilogy sets. And, and but they're not complaining. They they realize how ridiculous it is to complain about that. They they do acknowledge it in all their videos. They're like, I know this is nitpicky. But to their point, the two biggest selling sets right now are Clone War sets. Yeah. Like of of the prequel and the cartoon era. Those sets are impossible to get a hold of you know but they bring that up and there was a set that i'm gonna brag here i was able to get my hands on i had to log in at midnight of release day (laughs) which they moved the release day around oh my god all right and then there was this sense of of i opened up this this quarter's catalog which they send to me Nice. And in it was this set. So it gives you a false sense of security that this set's going to exist. Oh, no. Right? 
So I ordered it. I should have ordered more than one, but I'm not that type of guy. Yeah. I ordered my one. It's it's the Bespin Duel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got Luke. Yep. It's got Vader. Yep. Vader with sidearm printing. A Luke that you can only get in a $400 set. Yeah. I bought this thing, 18 plus. It's not 18 plus set. I bought it. I got it. I'm happy. Apparently, Lego then came out once it sold out. They said they made the announcement. I, maybe they made it before. I don't have all my ducks lined up on this because there was just so much chatter. Yeah. It was hard to, to nail down. I'm sure it wouldn't be if I look at, at the internet better. But they said, well, this was meant to be for uh, comic conventions and for our Star Wars yearly event. And we're not making it anymore now. When it's gone, it's gone. Oh, wow. So the prices on BrickLink, which you can look up eBay on stuff. And that's what people are asking, right? If it's still for sale and there's a buyout of that price, you have to wonder if it actually is selling for that price. Or if maybe like we talked about, that game might be $300 and it sells out instantly, but somebody's gone and said, oh, 400 and then we all go, it's worth 400 but really it may be worth 300 Still a substantial amount of money. Yeah. BrickLink is a site that's owned by Lego now that basically you can go in and order sets or custom bricks. Okay. And the price point soon after this had sold out had jumped to about $150 Canadian. Oof, badoof. For a $50 set that basically just released at the end of August. Mm-hmm. It's pretty banana pants. So I I look at that and I go, as much as all of the YouTubers want to brag about the fact that that there is this um the these sets are really hot right now and they are. The hottest set was probably that one. <laughs> which was pre- which was the original trilogy. That's my long ass joke. <laughs> so, so I it's it, I, I just love Star Wars for that though, because I watch a lot of the community out there on YouTube mm-hmm. and um, seeing them react to what we had talked about with Daisy Ridley oh was was really disenchanting for some. And I'm, I'm surprised at how they've bought into a lot of the BS that surrounds these movies that, I don't know, maybe it's with age or experience. We kind of sift it. Like, your take on Star Wars can be different from mine, but we're able to converse without being angry about it. You know, I know that uh, that goes against what the internet is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you and I have talked before about how much it's become... It's become about more than just, you know, whether or not we like Star Wars. It's become that weird phenomenon of, like... In a previous version, I talked about a previous version of this episode that we recorded. I talked about like my problems with white supremacists at my day job this week. Yes, and I literally, and this is actually exactly on point because I had a customer come in this week, and they literally said, "Apro of nothing," like they're looking at stuff on the shelf. I just finished helping another customer. The other customer um, takes their stuff and leaves, and this customer goes, "You know what? I think I think Star Wars was better back when it was just about white guys." <laughs> I'm like, how do you just... That's just the take you have. And I just... You know, it's the it's the banana pants... Various talking head bullshit on the internet of... You know, the, the go, get woke, go broke brigade. 
Yeah. It doesn't matter what data you show them to the contrary. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I call it the 13-year-old mentality. It is. <clears throat> Even when it's not 13-year-old saying it. Like, it's just... Yeah. No, it's a mentality, right? It really is a mindset where you can you can disclose all the facts and figures that obviously prove them wrong. Yeah. They will not acknowledge it, and they will just yell over you. Yeah. And I, I, I'm lucky in that... I stay away from that segment of the Star Wars universe. I'd rather be on the side of the fanboys than to be in the ear of the people that just want to really destroy and go after it, not even from a corporate standpoint, but they go after it on this level of exactly what you brought up there, where it's like, it should all be white males. You know, and I'm like, this is way too political, man. It's just entertainment. I'm disappointed by the fact that Lando Calrissian was the only black dude for the longest time. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 you know, it's bananas, right? And, and it, uh, it's... you know, Boyega has has come out expressing his concern about a variety of stuff that happened on set and how him and Marie Tran were handled. And you know, it, leaving aside whether or not his his criticisms and concerns are valid for a moment. The, the response he has gotten to that has been insane. Mm-hmm. Like, people saying that he is the worst actor ever in Star Wars is a bananas assertion. My God. Like, I, I, I avoid that stuff. I saw the controversy. I agree with him. I think that his, his character diminished in The Last Jedi. But that was the decision. And there was no guarantee, and that's the problem with Disney. Before he signed that contract, you know, in retrospect, he should have made sure that his arc was cemented in some way, shape, or form. And if they're going to change that arc, they need to come to him and tell him why. I mean, you know? Yeah, well, I'm with you. This, I think this ties right back to, you know, no one had any idea. Yeah. Right? It, it was... And again, I really dislike J.J. Abrams as a, as a creative for a variety of reasons. Like, I think his output is, frankly, often subpar. I mean, you know, like the criticisms of him being able to set up his mystery box and never being able to deliver are, are well-trod ground. <laughs> but I think you look it up, right? And you watch the... I'll look it up. You watch that first one of, like... The first one back, Forced Awakens. And it's just like... There's a bunch of setup. And there's no payoff to anything. Yeah. But that was the job. Disney wanted money. Sure. Right? They, 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 they wanted to, to sit there and go, we have this property. They got George on board. Then they told George to take a, a hike. Well, I mean, I, I don't know if you've heard some of George's ideas. Yeah, they, they sounded weird because like this whole JJ cut of Rise of Skywalker... I don't know. I see people getting excited about it, and it just looks like a train wreck to me. Like it, it's already a train wreck of a movie, and I liked it. I I I thought that it finally just shut the door, and that's what I like about it. Is like, okay, let's just do something else now, please. And the Mandalorian came along just on pace for that for that expression from me. Like, oh. Thank God, I'm not dealing with Jedi's like you know some baby Yoda, but you know what I mean. Like I'm not dealing with Luke. Yeah, I'm not dealing with Skywalkers. I'm not dealing with Darth Vader. There's new bad guys going to be coming in. There's new experiences to be had. I love that each episode had a different take. 
on things and like you know the seventh samurai and 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 the heist movie yeah, type you know it was it good have, it would have to the same inspirations that yeah. lucas did instead of being like well we'll just do this other thing now it's like stop yeah you're, and and you're hurting us and i think that's the battle that's raging within lucasfilm now yeah. is just trying to get John Favreau and and Dave Filoni more involved. Um, trying to get like from what I hear, trying to get George more involved. And I don't know that George's ideas are the right ideas at this point. I think the fan base, like we talk about often on the show, the fan base is at the point where they just want Star Wars content that's yeah. expanding the universe. I mean, I think that as a larger property. I think that the right call for Star Wars, if I had, if I was in charge of it, I would find someone, I'd find, I'd get Star Wars a Kevin Feige. Because I think that, you know, a lot of the criticisms, it really seems to be that the people in those roles didn't do a very good job. And, I, I mean, I would focus on television for the short term. Right? Did I, you, did you know what Star Wars has done? To address that exact problem. I think they fired the lady who was in charge, didn't they? No, Kathleen's still there. Oh, okay. She's been apparently rumored to be detoothed. Sure. Like, just told, you when, when your contract ends, you're done. So sure. enjoy it while you can. Yeah. But they actually hired Kevin Feige. <laughs> like, right? Like... Yeah, so they went, I know, Kevin, you've got the weight of the world on your shoulders, but here's Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that was a mistake, right? Because I think that, you know... <laughs> Humans can only do so much. And I, I, I honestly, you know. I don't know how much, how real it is. And I guess that's your point, right? Is, is, is this just something that, an additional thing that Kevin signs off on and goes, oh, sure, do that. Fine, yeah. But I, yeah. I, I think that by and large, Star Wars should focus on some television shows for a little bit. Yeah. Right? I yeah, think that I, they, need to, they need to grow that universe and figure out, because I, I, I think they don't, I think the audience has a lot of ideas of what it wants, but I think that, you know, you know, before before they came out with like the pitch for the Mandalorian, I don't think anyone would have said, "Yeah, I want to see basically <laughs> what is it, Wolf and Cub?" Just yeah. Star Wars now. Like no one would have thought said that. Um But yeah, and I think that's what they need to do. Is they need to do some like do a bunch of I would do like four or five Star Wars TV shows over the next two, three years and have them all be, you know, you get eight episodes, no guarantee you're getting a second season, but let's go do some bonkers stuff in the Star Wars universe. We do have Kenobi. Yeah. We do have Cassian Andor. I think that's a mistake, but yeah. I think it's a mistake too, but you know, it's something... <clears throat> yeah, it, it it's something again. The same with Obi Wan Kenobi. There's only so much space that you can explore. Well, yeah, they keep trying to add Obi Wan right? Kenobi. It's like at some point we know where he dies. We know where he yeah. Dies most of his there's life. a finite story to be told there. And the other uh, side being, you know, you you need to like we know we we know like there's a hard limit on what Obi Wan can lose, right? Yeah, he's not going to lose an arm. He's not gonna die. Yeah, exactly. We we know that he's he's all in one piece. Yeah. Um, they have the Ahsoka series Is reportedly. It series? It's not officially, yeah. but it's probably the worst kept secret. 
I think that would be I, I won't believe it until it happens. I think that's an interesting position to go in because Asaka has been their new take on the the gray Jedi. And honestly, yeah. they keep they did this in the old expanded universe and they're doing it again now of like when you talk about the Jedi, you need to reach this point of like the entire thing has a morality code built into it. You can't do Jedi and not talk about morality. Yeah. It's, you, it's, you can't. It's it's the falling down point, but I think I think the idea behind the show mm-hmm. will be that it's not really constrained and you have the creator who made it so successful and Dave Filoni yeah. available to write for it and direct. And I think that that's where they see the 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 flame, mm-hmm. and and you know what? It's money. Mm-hmm. Disney love money, mm-hmm. and they look at that that character. And you know, one of the sets that's selling great in Lego has an Ahsoka figure in I it. I mean, Ahsoka is such a popular character, and one, yeah, it, she's at a peak right now, and one that's better to add to. I think, right? Yeah, and I I, I think young women, mm-hmm. you know, now she's coming of age in this stuff. Um, it's a great place to be in and a minority, you know, the alien kind of parallels and stuff like that. <clears throat> She's not a common race in star Wars to be on screen. Mm-hmm. So I, I, th- I think that they see a lot of opportunities there in the boardroom. Um, I guess we'll close out on this other piece of news, the speculation surrounding Mandalorian, um, the trailer, the infamous trailer, and I'm seeing a lot of stuff strongly suggesting that they cut a trailer that was supposed to drop during the NBA playoffs. It did not. Sure. Apparently, Disney were unhappy with the contents of the trailer. Okay. So they had to go back and recut it. It's being recut. They had to do some shooting to recut it. Concerning. I... We're not quite sure because the source kind of drops off on this point because they say there's a big problem with the season. Oh, sure. That they basically wrapped the shooting and showed it to Disney. And Disney decided that they have a problem somewhere. And apparently it's going to show up around the middle of the series. Okay. We don't know what it is. They can't reveal it because if they reveal it, there's so few people who know it. It will point fingers directly to who spoke. I mean, that that sounds like a bananas um, leak. Yeah, and it, it's from a... I hate anonymous people and all that. There is a person. They have a good track record with this stuff. Oh, oh sure. I'm just saying that particular argument of like... I I'm gonna, I could share what it is, but if I do, it's going to be too obvious. And it's like, all right, but you saying that, how does that not track down who it is? Yeah, I know. I thought the same thing. They're 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 committing to the fact that once they see it out there as a rumor, they will confirm it. Okay. So once it comes from other places, they said that they will step up and kind of go pointing at their nose. You know what I mean? And and pointing at that one. Um, You know, there's been everything from apparently Gina Carano has had issues on Twitter with Nazis or something. Yeah, she she basically I I just lightly looked into this. She tweeted a photo of a guy not giving the Hitler salute from the, you know, obviously the 30s or the 40s. Um, 
and making some comment, which was actually a really genuinely nice comment, in my opinion. I, I apologize to everybody because, like I say, it was a light research thing for me because I didn't want to get too bogged down in the politics of it all. But apparently people took issue with her take on this and have been basically botting and be, like trying to draw her whole Twitter history into contention, sure. a la James Gunn. Um, and, you know, something with an agenda, right or wrong, whether it's my agenda or not, it's not mine, but they, they're trying to do that. And I guess one of the speculation points is that that's her character may be diminished in the series because of that. But I have a really hard time believing that, that, that tweet and that controversy, because it doesn't seem to be that prevalent to me. So there's obviously something else going on in that they want to make, they want to paper over it and not have people dig in and try to make the association to Disney about that relate about a relationship of a character or something that happens in the show. So we could be seeing the trailer dropping this weekend. Keep an eye on your stuff tonight. I think that there, there's rumors that it's going to be dropping on the NFL. I mean, look, regardless of what it is, don't harass. Yeah. Don't harass critics. It's their job yeah. to criticize. Just disagree with them. Jeez. Like, go out. Honestly, maybe it's right, maybe it's wrong. I, I'm skeptical with Star Wars making these decisions. I'm curious, and I hope that it's not true. All right? I just want to enjoy season two. I just want the trailer to drop and just geek out on it and celebrate it. All right? I'm, I'm, I apparently Ahsoka is in this trailer. That type of thing. I'm really excited to see what they have in store. I'm ready for it. As much as I love Lovecraft Country, which is made by J.J. Abrams. <laughs> as much as I love Raised by Wolves. The shit, the horror stuff is just getting a bit much. I need my sci-fi in my pandemic universe. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been... I gotta, I gotta sort out my Vader Immortal headset. I gotta do all this stuff to to escape it. It's uh, it's been a lot. You have anything you want to add, Tyler? Oh my god, this is this is so stupid. Oh my god, I actually looked into it. This just, <laughs> I just. It's a rabbit hole, man. Don't don't go over there. I, I specifically stay away from the toxic. I mean, the difference is, is like I got, I have to be up there, right? I. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. I just, I have to because like it's part of my day job, and you know, there there are a myriad of viewpoints out there that I think are acceptable, and there are some viewpoints out there that are just not acceptable. Like if you like when you think that people deserve to be put in concentration camps, I don't care what people you're talking about. You're yeah. even wrong. <laughs> exactly. And I mean this like I think that there's some legitimate criticism. Yeah. There can be valid points. It just seems to go to extremes. Well and, and there's some people who are like, This is a weird loud minority. 
And it's just, it's bananas. And, I mean, the other side being, I don't know, the, 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 the tendency for people to then, like, be criticized and then lash out doesn't help. It's just, it's a mess all over. There are literal Nazis out there, though. Like, let's deal with that. There are literal yeah. Nazis. It's pretty amazing to think in this world that that segment exists, but, you know politics uh, let's hope that the ps5 information drops on wednesday let's yeah let's call this episode you got it and i'm gonna say to everybody you can find us at www.itscanonpodcast.com you can find us on instagram twitter facebook at it's canon podcast you can email us at show at itscanonpodcast.com. You can subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, really anywhere you can find podcasts, you can find It's Canon Podcast. So if you like what you hear so far, make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button, leave a review, have a chat with us, reach out. We're always open and excited to talk with you. Tyler? It's been a great episode. I know it's one that we did by the seat of our pants. I think we did well. Yeah. And the best part about it all? It's all it's in canon. <laughs> exactly. All right, everybody, be safe. We'll talk to you soon. I hope you have a good week, and we'll see you later on. Take care, everybody. Bye.